Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week, we are taking a look at a game I've had my eyes on for a long time. We're going to be talking about... <laughs> Don't fucking laugh, man. It's true. Fuck you. <laughs> It just you sounded so shitter. strange. I've never heard you say the, those words before. I've had my eyes on it for a long time. It's what the fuck else do you want me to say? <laughs> Nothing. It's true. They had an announcement trailer, and I've been following it on Steam ever since. Uh, it sounds... Fuck. it. it <laughs> what you guys don't hear is the 28 minutes beforehand where we're just trying to start it, we're trying to loosen up, we're having a hard time. You oh. know, this is the season finale. There's a lot of pressure on us. That's true. To For... wrap up this really nicely. I do, I do wish that you were lying about that number of minutes, but here we are. Here um, we are. But yeah, um, so we're going to be talking about Maquette today, which is a game that I've had my eye on for a long time, so fuck you. Uh, developed by Graceful Decay. Uh, published, of course, this is an Annapurna joint, so we had to check it out. Uh, it was released very recently, March, I believe, March 2nd, 2021, and you can pick it up on PlayStation or on Steam for about $20. Um, but Duncan, he did allude to something, and that is correct. This is going to be the season finale of this particular season of Thoughts from Player One. What now, if you followed mean? us before, you know what that means is virtually nothing, but we'll sometimes do a different intro or outro when we get into a new season. Uh, yeah. And that that is the only thing we are talking about here. Um, so we are we are very we are honored and and saddened to be saying goodbye at least temporarily to our current closing of Plant Facts from Michael. Um, They've been been phenomenal. They've been a good run. They very well may be coming back. Um, haven't mm-hmm. completely decided what we're replacing it with, um, but for at least a period of time, we're going to be taking a little break from Plant Facts specifically. Uh, and and so today will be the last one. So make sure you tune in to the end. If you do not know what we're talking about, that's fair. I understand. I get it. I feel you. But you can go back and re-download all our episodes and listen to the last like minute and a half, and it's a treasure every single time. So I'd highly recommend that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. So let's talk a little bit about this 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 maquette game. Uh, we're gonna give our spoil. Let's let's do an elevator pitch real quick. I'll do an elevator pitch. <laughs> You've got to stop highlighting the word maquette in the document because now that I have two monitors, I can see you say let's talk a little bit about this maquette game as you highlight the word maquette over and over again in this Google Doc. Have you never noticed that to speak, I need to highlight the words that I'm about to say? <laughs> I have a separate document, a script, with this whole whole thing. I have all my thoughts premeditated. Damn, um, that's impressive, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so a quick little elevator pitch for Maquette. Um, it is a... Uh, the best way I can describe the gameplay is it's, it's a size puzzle game. So, like, there is a area in the center... Um, it's a 3D game, by the way. First-person first person 3D, 3D game. Yep. Yeah, and uh, y- you can drag objects to the center uh, version of where you are right now. So, like, imagine your bedroom, but there's a- another tiny bedroom that you can fuck around with it. So, like, if you grabbed your bed, you could move it around. Or if you brought it into the real world, it would be a tiny little bed. Or if you moved a lamp, it'd be a giant lamp in that world because, you know, you're... you're- it, it's shifting per the uh, uh, scale of the uh, the diorama, perhaps. You, you could say you are inside of a maquette, which is an actual word, meaning a scale model. Oh, it well, is a French we word. We learn though. something every yeah, day. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Um, I would have expected it was a Russian word. Really? But Interesting. Yeah. I would not ever, but I also <laughs> don't know that I would have guessed I would it was French if I didn't never. know that <laughs> I would. I would never... <laughs> Truly, it's disgusting that you think that. Um, yeah, so the the that's basically the gameplay, and then the story is a. Um, it, we'll get more into it, but it is following a uh, relationship of these two people. So you're playing uh, as as this Kenzie character who's sort of monologuing and uh, seeing text and uh, getting flashbacks of mm-hmm. her relationship with Michael. Well, and, uh, more specifically, I think you're playing Michael. Hmm? <laughs> you're, def- you're definitely playing the guy in this one. What? Hold on. <laughs> did, did you play the same game as me? No. <laughs> I don't think I did. 
<laughs> okay, well, well you, you Oh, play, oh, she's Michael. right. She wrote the thi- Okay, I get it. Fuck you. I didn't <laughs> like this game. I was bored. I was bored by the time I would have understood that you're playing the guy. Wow. Um powerful energy. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um so yeah, spoiler free thoughts on it. Give me give me your hot yeah. take. So, uh look, here's my my lukewarm take is that I think it is a, it's a super interesting idea and I like a lot of what they did. I just think the whole doesn't work very well. Um the for instance, like the puzzle mechanics, I think are kind of hard to understand without watching a specific like short video of it. So I would recommend doing that. But you know, for basic, you know, like a basic idea is you go out into this, you know, you're inside this little maquette world, right? This little scale model world, looking at a scale model, and then you know, you you walk out, you take a like a key from a door. I think is a good example because they use this one a lot, right? Like you get this key and you like put it into a door to open the door, but then in the like the full world, there's like oh, there's a gap you need to cross now. So you bring it back to the scale model and drop the key over that gap like it's a bridge. And then in the real world, that key is the size, you know, the two scale size of that bridge. And then you can walk across it, which is interesting. The problem is, first of all, they have about three solutions to puzzles in this game. And they just do them over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. And also, there's just, it. it is a weirdly constraining game. Like, it's cool. The puzzles are really neat. But it feels like there's... Like, I never felt like I creatively solved a problem. It always feels like I chose the one prescripted solution to any given problem, and that there was no other, like, there was obviously nothing else I could have done, but there was also no room for me to, like, move around in that space. It was just like, oh, hey, drop this thing here. If you don't know how to do it, drop it a little bit to the left and drop it a little bit to the right. Like, they didn't feel like I was doing a lot of super interesting stuff. And so, like, although I, I liked all of the puzzles in, like, in theory, and I liked the solutions to them on paper, they didn't actually feel that rewarding to solve when playing the game. I think they get a little better as the game goes on. Um, there's also, like, a weird amount of, like, pseudo-platforming and moving around that feels wrong. And I, I didn't I didn't ever click with that. So that that was all not necessarily my favorite. And I think my those types of criticisms ring true for the story as well. And that it was very you kind of knew beat by beat where it was going. And that's okay. Like I don't mind that the story was not necessarily creative, right? I'm not gonna spoil it right now. Like, but I don't mind the story didn't necessarily get out of the box too terribly much. I don't mind that it was just the story of this relationship developing over time. But I didn't like care about the characters enough to be taken in by the story that was not particularly insightful or interesting into either of the characters. But I still kind of enjoyed my time with the game because it does a lot of other things. Like visually, it looks really cool. I think they, they've got a specific vibe that they go for. I was driving on the soundtrack. The voice acting is incredible. Um, but it just, yeah, as a, as a complete package, it just didn't didn't work for me in the way that I wanted it to. Hmm. I don't know what you're going to have yeah. to add because I talked longer than I meant to there. Well, no, it's okay. I think <clears throat> I think a lot of the things that you said, I I resonate with just like a little, but like a little bit more negative. I I think that visually this game was what I wanted it to be for like this kind of um, fantastical size puzzle stuff like that with this this you know scale model world and they have a lot of. Uh, visual motifs to things like dollhouses or like you know they play a lot with that and the the colors are this really nice um uh like they use a lot of pastel colors and it's very like painterly in a lot of the textures and i think a lot of the models look really nice and Mm -hmm. uh some of the areas towards the end have a you know i think they achieved a lot of the looks that they wanted to do visually and all that stuff really worked for me but the the puzzles that just I, I felt like I was fighting against the game all the time to be like no just I just put just put mm-hmm. this here like mm-hmm. I just want you to do it here and that is some of the complaints that I saw reading people's feedback as it felt sort of buggy or you know like the game wasn't working with you and I know they've put a significant amount of work into fixing some of those bugs and I even saw a patch that I I didn't read read it but I saw that it included speed ups. Uh, so there are like certain areas I'm sure where they make your walk speed faster, uh, mm-hmm. which is great because there were times where I'm like, yeah, I know 
I know I'm very small and I have to cross this very large area. <laughs> I get it. I see what you're doing here. Um, I think it was just a large collection of cool ideas mechanically where it was like, oh, but, you know, you look up and you realize that you are also part of the scale model and, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to walk out of this scale model and be in a larger area. And it's like sort of this infinite loop. But I'm like, that's a cool effect and a cool idea for things. But why not push it more where you grow more and like you see the like never ending loop of this or, or something like that? You know, I, I just feel like they didn't really push some of the ideas that they could have to made this make this amazing idea really work and with the story like they in the first like couple chapters they're like look at these two quirky 20 somethings in new york and they're you know they're just so you know not like the others that they feel like and they're you know they're in young love and stuff like that and i go yep yes they are that's correct but they didn't they i think they thought that they got me in the first two chapters they're like you're in love with them right <laughs> like not really and then they <laughs> and then they pulled all these emotional uh you know pulls later and stuff like that and uh i just never really felt too attached to either of them or really understood what their you know issues ended up being we'll talk more about that as we go along but it's mm -hmm. kind of it's all left very ambiguous, but also they want me to be invested. And it's just not really, it did not really end up being my thing. Uh, I think some of the music worked and, and shit like that. But uh, yeah, that's my overall thoughts. Yeah, I think we both ended um, pretty disappointed in what we were hoping would be a, a really interesting game. You know, again, wasn't wasn't terrible. I do want to, I, I do get, again, want to shout out the, the voice acting. Um, there's only two characters, Kenzie, who's played by Bryce Dallas Howard and Michael, who's played by Seth Gable. Um, I did not know that the two of them are actually married. So, you know, that lends a little bit <laughs> This must have been to, awkward. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it, it, it under, yeah. I understand why they had chemistry in the scenes. Like, whether or not I thought the writing was good, I think they played right. off each other really well. Um, also, Bryce Dallas Howard is uh, Ron Howard's daughter. So, you know, there's some some relative clout behind some of these people. So, that, you know, oh, I, I did think Howard? he's, he's so the, the narrator for Arrested Development. He's also done a lot of other stuff, but I'm watching Arrested oh. Development right now. So that's where I know him from. Got um, it. Yeah. But yeah, no, there, there's um, they do, I think, a phenomenal job um, and and work really well with the story that just doesn't flesh out characters. You know what it felt like is it felt like um, like a like a 2000s-ish sort of rom-com coming-of-age type story, but it felt like all of that information condensed into 10 minutes without the time in between where you just get to like know and like the characters because of the charisma of the actors and the scenes they right. get put in. It's like, hey, here's all of the emotional high points throughout this movie, but none of the in-between to let you like connect with these people in any significant way, and I think that ended up being um, pretty to the game's detriment. Yeah, I agree. Um, before we jump into the story, I would like to uh, to initiate my favorite session, my oh. favorite outside session. That's a crit to me. That's a crit to me. That's good. <laughs> we, that a good we theme really, song? That's good. It's good. It's, it's very good. Uh, we maybe want to get some other instrumentation in there, but I do think generally speaking, you nailed it in one. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's a crit to me is where I check out Metacritic reviews for divisive games and try and find funny reviews. All right. Let's um, see if you found any this time. This one's from Lone Jumper 23 on Metacritic. <clears throat> what game are people playing where this game gets even two or more? This is a PS3 game concept at most, and I am very open-minded gamer who loves puzzle games. So disappointed with how this game is even presented on a PS5 platform. Are you kidding me? I played for two hours forcing myself to see if I was missing anything with the review I saw. And people, this is not worth anyone's time unless they are so bored with any other game on the market. This one is a pity score because I have never given a zero. But this is not a next generation worthy in any way you look at it. Garbage. <laughs> Okay, so it sounded like their 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 issue was maybe more with the fact that it was on the PS5 platform yeah, rather than any particular thing about a, the game. They thought they were getting a a high def uh 
Souls. Uh, what's that game? Fuck, I don't fucking Dark know. Souls? D- no, no they, the Demon Souls. Yeah, that Demon one. Souls. They thought they were getting an HD Demon Souls experience. But instead, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? Look, I've always said that the most open-minded people in the world have to loudly proclaim how open-minded they are. So <laughs> I'm, I'm an open-minded gamer. Okay, I just love open-minded gamer. Like I'm willing to accept other concepts. <laughs> I don't, I don't just play Assassin's Creed and Gears of War. I'm an open-minded gamer, I'll have you know. Uh, it, it got this free with PS Plus. It's not even worth it if you get it free. Your character got stuck in the controller at the worst I ever seen in a game. It's the most boring game I've ever played. Zero. Okay, I love Metacritic <laughs> reviews when they're read because what it really it really lets you know that the Metacritic score that the audience gives means fucking nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. I just want to read the first sentence of this one. Okay, let's hear it. <clears throat> what an abject disappointment! It's starting to feel like Annapurna Interactive is pulling a con job. For every truly great game they put out, Outer Wilds, they release five of these halfly baked badly games that try to hide its shortcomings behind pseudo-profound narratives. That's, in truth, bad Netflix drama writing. Ego Anton. (laughs) (laughs) There 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 was a point when you were reading that, I was like... Shit, did we write that in one of the times when we were really up our own ass trying to be <laughs> smarter than we are? Oh, no, no. Ugh. I just like they're trying to pull a con job. It's great, man. They're just, they've put out, oh, man, Annapurna it's not a creative. famously puts out five bad games to every one good game. Check out their catalog. I bet you can't even find three good games. No. See, they made Outer Wilds and then five bad games. As far as I'm them. concerned, you can publish Outer Wilds and then 25 abject failures, and I'm still going to consider you a smashing <laughs> success. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for taking part, and that's a crit to me. It's uh, great. Let's get to the story. Joseph, do you have a closing theme song for that's a crit to me, or just the opening? And I will always love you. You can't hold it. You can't just do that. <laughs> The first one, we at least, you said that. that's a crit to me. <laughs> I was gonna say, and I always crit you, but that doesn't—that's not. That sounds a little weird. That's a little weird. Okay, um, well, you know, hey, we'll workshop it next time. We have that's a crit to you. You'll have a closer, guaranteed. Yeah, sounds good. Let's uh, let's talk about the story. Let's let's walk through the story real quick, so the people who haven't played it, who aren't intending to play it, can follow along. Um, this is obviously the point where if you are interested in playing the game, um, which, you know, hey, we didn't do a great job selling it this time around, but if you are interested in playing the game, think it could be for you. Some people have had really good experiences with it, and then now would be the time to, to back out because we're going to spoil the whole story, which is, you know, 95% of the, the driving focus throughout this game. So uh, I think I can take us through this one. It's pretty quick. Go for uh, it. We're just going to hit the, the major <clears throat> points. So. As mentioned up top, this this whole game, um, you know, it's this, this light puzzle game, and the the whole story is just telling the the history of this relationship, right? So you open in this garden sequence, walking through. It's really nice. Uh, there's like a licensed music. I think it's licensed music throughout this. I don't know if it's original Definitely. songs or not. Um, but there's music throughout it that at, like kind of highlighting emotional points throughout their relationship. Um, and so uh, we we are introduced to Michael, who is kind of. You know, all of the, most of the storytelling when it's not voice acted. Um, so you get like the voice acted scenes of the couple interacting, but then the storytelling in between is just like writing on walls that you pass and, and get to read. Um, so we are treated to to Michael walking, you know, through this garden, or at least you as the player walking through this garden as Michael talks about how he was, you know, moving on and was like going through a bunch of things, looking for his keys and eventually found the old sketchbook that him and Kenzie used to have, which is kind of like him, you know, reading through it, saying he can read the sketchbook like, you know, like it's a story. And that kind of catapults us through a history of their relationship as seen through Michael's eyes through the sketchbook. Um, which is then when we were teleported into the like the main maquette area. Um, and so the the story follows a pretty 
standard structure, right? The the two Kenzie and Michael meet at like a coffee shop. She spills some coffee on him. It's very like meet cute. And then they, you know, they're talking about drawing and how she, you know, Kenzie had just recently moved in here. And and eventually they start talking, you know, a little bit more and seeing each other a little more frequently and, and you know, hanging out. Um, there's a little bit of drama about whether or not they're just friends and how he's been, in, like, she has not been introducing him as her boyfriend. But it's very much like, you know, new people afraid to admit that they have feelings for each other, that kind of, like, cute tension going on. And meanwhile, you're going through, like, some relatively cutesy, easy puzzles that take you to, like, a fairgrounds that you had been to and the apartment party that she invited you to. Um, eventually, you know, you move on to the next chapter, which has the two of you actually dating. Um, and this is very much the, hey, here's early blissful stages of young love where they're skipping parties to paint pictures together in the park and they are talking about their future and you know sharing secrets with each other about what they really want and what their dream home would look like and and everything like that um again very very happy honeymoon phase um i think this is supposed to cover a couple years maybe can we take a quick pause is this where he mentions the sideways fridge (laughs) it's gotta be i think can't imagine where else it does go (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right, because it doesn't go so good after this. <laughs> Did you understand what he was trying to say? So he wanted, like, a like a sideways fridge? Not, I mean, not... Not really. Not particularly? <laughs> Did he... Did he just want a chest freezer? Maybe? He he says, then, he says, he, he he's like, I have this idea. It's for a sideways fridge. Like, it goes on the table or something. So you don't have to bend all the way down and reach down and grab vegetables, like, from the very bottom. I'm like... Man, this guy's got good ideas. <laughs> this guy's cool. Uh, I mean, like, I didn't take issue with it. It's not like I was sitting there like, this is ruining my immersion. I can imagine no. people having this dumb conversation. But yeah, I oh, did not. for sure. Um, I did I'm not. I'm just trying to imagine it. I did not really try to picture it too much. But now that you are saying it, it is sort of just like a chest freezer that's a little off the ground, huh? Yeah. Interesting. See, Powerful. see. And the reason I didn't really like this game is from chapter four and on, I was just thinking about this sideways fridge, <laughs> you know? So it got kind of tough. <laughs> sort of going through the motions. And eventually you were like, oh, this goes bad for him? I didn't even, I was in a fugue state for the last two hours of this <laughs> game thinking about that fridge, man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they, 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 again, they have this like happy two years or whatever. Um and so after that one, we get kind of a, a jump cut to a little bit later. They've moved in together. They're they're in a, I think at this point they had bought a house, but it's clearly not their dream house. Like it has issues. Um, and when you load into this world, right, because you just there's not like transition scenes really. It's mostly just hard loading screens in between chapters. Um, but the maquette that you were in before that was kind of like again very dom- diorama like, very happy kind of fun is now like kind of decrepit. Uh, you know, darker color schemes and buildings are falling apart a little bit more than they were before. Um, and then it's very clear that this relationship is not going to work at this point. Um, we don't get, this is, this may be part of my problem with it is we don't really get a lot of understanding as to what went wrong and why their relationship was not salvageable at this point, other than we just know that they are communicating poorly and the things that they found cute early in their relationship are no longer things that they find cute, right? So we've got scenes of them just bickering, scenes of, you know, one of them coming home and uh, I think Kenzie comes home and Michael is on his laptop and he like slams it shut and she's accusing him of hiding something and he's accusing her of not you know like just being he's basically like I wasn't doing anything why are you on my case about this why can't you just believe me right that that sort of thing um, that it just escalates and escalates throughout the course of the chapter until eventually it culminates in this like big huge fight that they have right where um, they just get into a screaming match about something dumb uh, about how they're not you know whatever their miscommunication problems is, and Michael storms out, like, grabs his keys and storms out. Uh, and then the entire next chapter here is sort of an in-between sequence where, and I do think visually this was really cool, where you are walking from what should be, like, a straight line from where you are in the maquette until the, like, exit to, what, what, I don't know, like, the next iteration of the world or whatever. Um, but as you're walking, like, this whole city starts spawning around you in these, like, streets with these apartment buildings, and you just sort of navigate through them and get a little bit of... You know, a little bit of uh, of exposition about how 
you know, you're seeing the city for the first time and you hadn't like been to this part of it and you had basically like kind of implying that you had been sort of trapped in this relationship and kind of closed your eyes to the world around you. And that's maybe part of what, what caused it to like rot a little bit from the inside. Um, but eventually, you know, you you leave and realize when you're walking through the city that like you have the keys, but you're just you're like you're not going back. Right. This relationship is over. It's not salvageable. Um, and then. You get to kind of a weird part that doesn't have a lot of story implications to it, but looks really cool, where you, you're walking through this, like, Kingdom Hearts-ass space meets Bioshock a little bit, where there's just, like, a bunch of floating small models of these maquettes, like, connected by stairways, and there's a couple of, like, relatively cool puzzles connecting them that, again, I think I had mentioned to you off mic, I kind of lost how they were trying to connect the ideas of the mechanics into the story here. Um, but, you know, you, you walk through this this space and kind of, again, relive some of these small moments. Uh, but again, it, it's sort of you acknowledging that you're trying, like Michael was trying to then move on from this relationship, right? He was trying to build a life for himself, but not necessarily knowing how to do that because he hasn't been single for a long time. Um, and eventually you, you work your way back to the center of the maquette for the closing chapter, which which brings you back to like an overgrown version of the world um, where things are a little bit happier. And there's, again, there's some neat puzzles because you can pick up the maquette that you are in and move it around on the scale model, moving the whole like, you know, map around basically so you can quickly move between places. Um, and then you're kind of the story there has to do with. Michael sort of coming into his own now that the relationship has been over for a little while longer and and learning to to be on his own and learning to like pick up hobbies for himself and and become a happier person that culminates in them meeting up again for like an exchange of things that they still had of each other's when Kenzie tells him that she's you know moving back to New York and that they are you know you know no longer going to be living near each other but it seems that the friendship has been saved a little bit and they're kind of at least happy still being in each other's lives, but have officially moved on, um, and then cue credits, right? So there's not, like, a lot that's super interesting there, but I think the bones of it are a perfectly fine story if the characters had more depth. Yeah, I mean, there's really no... <clears throat> there's no spin on the conflict. There's no spin. There's just no spin. It's very just straightforward boy meets girl they fall in love they start living together it doesn't go so well for one reason or another they break up and you know stay mutually happy yeah and like that happens in real life all the time and it's just kind of like yeah i mean it's fine but it just doesn't really entertain me at all and i mean that's what this is supposed to be right um, i mean you know so. i think a good story can just be a reflection of reality that's well crafted, but I think that in order to to meet those highs of of the well craftsmanship, the the well craftsmanship, Jesus, in order to like you know be a well crafted story like that, I think it just required more than the game gave us in terms of understanding. Like, understanding these characters, understanding why they would work together, like, sharing their joy in them being together, which you didn't really, you know, maybe some of that's just that the characters didn't click so well with you and I. But then, again, I, I was willing to meet it halfway for the first half of this game, story-wise, um, yeah. because I was like, ah, well, whatever. I can understand why these two people might be happy together, even if I don't necessarily, like, jive with them. But then they the just, like... It was so rapid that they were like, and then they didn't communicate well and they broke up. And it's like, okay, well, we just spent like two and a half hours building up their, or, you know, two hours building up their relationship and then being together all the time. Can we maybe like spend a little bit time exploring why this didn't work? Yeah. Right. We get three chapters of the happiness of them meeting and coming together as a couple. And then we get three chapters of like their, their breakup and their, like you know michael yeah. coming into his own but we get like 35 minutes of it not working anymore well yeah and i mean what i'm trying to say by like it just it's not it's okay to like be able to tell this part of their lives as a story here but like to me this what they're presenting us is like a just a really quick slideshow of everything mm -hmm. and just saying like it went from this to this, to good, to bad. And the, it's kind of a thing that I would see in movies where they let you, like, 
you know, they want to speed up a, you know, uh, an, an arc of something and they just show you like very brief scenes of them enjoying each other's time and then arguing and then breaking up. And it's done in like three minutes because they just mm-hmm. want to get past that. Um, so like, but they took that and then they extended it out with nothing, like not a lot of content in between. And the content that they did in between was just so like, every time they presented me with, like you said, those first three chapters, I go, all right. And <laughs> because it was things like, like when they, like there's this whole thing about this hiding spot, right? Like the Mackenzie, uh, or she has this hiding spot that only she knows about in this, I call her Mackenzie. It's just Kenzie. Yeah. Uh, it, it, she has this hiding spot in, in a particular building that she can like see out of. And then they, you know, they, he goes, wow, this is really cool. And then it's just kind of like done. And I, I know that it doesn't have to be like Chekhov's hiding spot where it like comes back <laughs> around, but still it's just kind of, it's just that times 12. Like you just get more and more and more of those things where I think what they thought it was doing to me was like, making me go oh like that's cute but they were just very like they weren't very funny or yeah i don't I know mean, i just it just didn't really touch me it didn't i don't know i didn't feel like i related to these people at all they they definitely vary in quality cuz i think some of them were good and important right like i think with the when they go to the fairgrounds and you're walking around getting like their the commentary on everything i liked that i thought that was fine um yeah yeah and like a kind of fun and and the, where they go to the house party like i mentioned and they have the conversation about like you know hey what are we like that was that obviously felt good and essential because it's like hey this is an important moment in this relationship right but but i think you're right there were just too many other meandering moments that didn't endear me to the characters as much as i think the game wanted it to um it, which is not to say that I disliked these characters. I thought it was fine. I just think that I, the game thought it was landing more emotionally powerful punches than it actually ended up doing, and then didn't follow through with the parts of it that I liked quite as much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so switching gears a little bit, I mean, we talked a little bit up front about the puzzles, but, like... Do you have anything else to say about how these puzzles didn't work for you? Because, I mean, I, my biggest problem with them was just the... I always felt like I was fighting against the mechanics uh, or mm-hmm. the controls and stuff like that. But what what else were you feeling about these puzzles? Yeah, I mean, so that was definitely a huge part of it was... Oh my god, I would get so frustrated picking up an object and trying to find a place to drop it that was like, okay, I know I can drop it here, I just need to aim the camera at the specific spot where it will let me extend this item out to drop it, because yeah. if I do it three you know, inches to the left, it will say, oh no, you can't, it won't fit there, and it would just get really frustrating and annoying. Um, so that, that, that part was, was annoying. I also think the, there's like just a lot of, like, I think kind of, to some extent, by the nature of this game, there is just a lot of walking between places to see if the puzzle solution you came up with worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just fills a lot of dead time. Uh, specifically, and I think this is where they said they were, um, you know, to their credit, where they were speeding up walking speed because it was a problem. But in the, the chapter, The Wedge, where things start to go poorly, there's a lot of like, okay, walk here drop this thing, walk back to the maquette, move this thing, and then walk all the way out from, like, the level that you're in to the larger level, and then walk pretty far to see whether or not the solution you did worked, and if it didn't, you have to walk all the way back. And it's just like, you know, I think there may have actually been a teleport button, but it's just really... They didn't tell me about this fucking <laughs> teleport button until the very end. I'm like, are that you is, kidding me? That is the only time they highlight it, yeah. It's very frustrating. Um, in my whole ass <laughs> but so there's just there's a lot of dead time there but i think the majority and you know that that obviously sucks but i think the majority of my problems did stem from just i never felt i rarely ever felt creative and whenever i ran into a solution that i'm like oh this should work if i just put this object here and then balance this other object on top of it in this yep. particular way but it it never worked every time i thought i had a solution that made sense it wouldn't work and it wouldn't work because i think a lot of the time it's just the movement 
in the game is very restrictive, right? So there's a jump, so you have to be able to jump to solve specific puzzles, but the jump is, like, really um, particular in when it will let you jump and how high it will let you jump. And if you're able to jump this, like, you know, 12 degree up this ramp you then can't jump again because you jumped once even though you just need to go like a tiny bit to get over this fence that this key is balanced against or something right it like it was so close to having really interesting creative ways to solve these problems and it just didn't and usually it only let you play with one specific like puzzle piece at a time so that you would never be able to do anything too creative with these problems yeah i mean they're always i feel like they were kept making rules for things that I didn't think were going to be a part of the game. Like, I turned myself small and walked into this very tiny little room, and I'm like, what do I What do I do here? But I was supposed to, like, jump up a pipe on the side where I'm like, I thought this was just here for, like, aesthetic purposes, and I've never, mm-hmm. like, had to do that kind of platforming and stuff like that and and, and learning that. And I, I, I had a huge problem with those those these crystals you get these crystals and it's like red crystals open up red barriers blue ones open up blueberries you get the picture and like so often i felt like i could solve a puzzle by dropping a crystal near a barrier and leaving it there so it remained open but they said no 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 you're not allowed to do that (laughs) you literally get a little like Every time you try yeah. and drop it near it. And th- that would be fine with that. I'd be okay with that. But the 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 hitboxes for those areas are so big, I wouldn't even be trying to do it. I'd just be trying to drop it so I can go back, and it would still, like, ping me with that noise. I'm like, fine. I'll put it in the fucking corner. The farthest <laughs> place away from everything is just, like, ugh. It got so... And that's just kind of... I don't know. You 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 get in those moments, and I think it really affects especially for me, like the way I was feeling about the game and the story overall, because when you're in a bad mood like that, you just don't really accept a lot of the things that it's throwing at you. And I very easily get in a bad mood from stuff like that, where I feel like I'm just like, I have to like look something up or I have to, you know, spend too much time walking back and forth. And, you know, I start to question and tear apart things in my head. And I don't know. And, I think, I I honestly think I would have been more forgiving of this game, or at least less disappointed in the the puzzle aspect of it, if it was consistently bad. Like, if it was always, but there are moments, right? Like, there's, again, I, I keep talking about the key puzzles, because the key was one of the fucking four things you were allowed to manipulate in this game. Um, but yeah. there's, like, you know, there's a really cool moment where it's like, hey, to get in here, you need this key to be a bridge. Okay, that makes sense. But also, you definitely need the key to open the door, and the key's too big when it's a bridge. So it's interesting to be like, okay, well, I'll turn the key small, pick it up, open the door with it, bring it back, make it big, turn it into a bridge, and then walk across it. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. That's, like, there's an interesting you know, order of operations there. There's an interesting way that you have to interact with these objects and use one yep. object for multiple purposes. And I liked that. But then they were like, and now this one is a bridge. And also when you put this one down, we're just going to lock it into place so you can never touch it again. And we'll wall off that area so you don't think about it anymore. And it's like, okay, but yeah. but don't. Because, like, just give me more pieces to play with because I think this is interesting. Or, like, the like I, I think you had mentioned, there's there's a couple of puzzles in the literally the last 45 minutes of the game that I think are really interesting and play around in like really cool ways with this idea. Um, But they just, there's too much cruff in the middle that is not particularly interesting. That just reminds me, Oh yeah, this could be a great game, but they're just not quite there. Yeah. And none of the puzzles were like tremendously difficult, but sometimes they're just, just that right amount of difficult where I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Just tell me so I can move on. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want to hear what's going on with these crazy kids. (laughs) And I feel like the end, the last chapter had this really nice balance of feeling like on average, it took me a very short amount of time to solve the puzzle where I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to move the building over here. And now I get this. So I think if they would have made the puzzles easier to, or like a little bit more clear, I would have been fine with it too, to not felt challenged or felt Mm -hmm. like, it needed a, these big creative solutions, but yeah. 
I don't know. Also, <laughs> just this is this is not the game's fault. This is just something that happened with me. Is I, I I did not understand the central mechanic for like the second puzzle of the game or something. I was messaging Duncan like I'm a fucking idiot. I don't get this, and then he explained it to <laughs> me super briefly, and I was like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. I'm gonna have to do this a hundred more times before the game's over. But I was so frustrated that I was like, fuck it. I'm just gonna look up a walkthrough on Steam. I'm just gonna figure it out, right? And the whole puzzle is like you get this big ticket that's too large, and you have to walk outside and like drop it uh, in the outside area, then walk back into the diorama and pick it up and it'll be small, right? It makes total sense. And then you can use that to like hit a ticket booth. Great. I couldn't figure that out because again, I just didn't understand the concept. So I looked up the Steam walkthrough and it was like whole maquette walkthrough, like 100% or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. It's like an hour and 10 minutes. This person clearly knows how to solve the puzzle. So I skipped to where I was and they're like, okay, so now you take this ticket and you angle it specifically against this wall, which lets you jump over this wall if you run up what? the ticket at the specific angle. So you can, and I was like, no, hold on. No, that's not the solution. I'm sorry. What you're doing <laughs> is the fucking maquette speed run. Please mark it as such this is not a full game walkthrough i'm not trying to skip the most like <laughs> the most of the game possible they're not even together yet and you want me to jump past this scene that's awesome this fucked he's up, trying man. to hit fucking hit boxes and shit like that that's awesome <laughs> so fucked up that's epic man i would love if you if you just like you were following this cheat guide and, and you didn't realize it, and you just, like, skipped two chapters and didn't notice. <laughs> it's weird that You're they like, were living together weird. after all they had done is talk about how they kind of liked each other. I don't know, man. It's weird. I thought it was weird that in, the, the, in that fair scene, they go to, like, a, uh, a fortune-telling booth, and it's, like, they get a negative fortune together. And I feel like they kind of, like, motifed that back all the time. And, like, they talked about, like, believing in, like, more superstitious mumbo-jumbo. I just thought it was bizarre. Like, that, uh, that like, whole, uh, you know, predicting this bad future to come. And I feel like they use a lot of, like, not astrology, but definitely some more, like, mystic themes in between it hmm. i don't know i definitely the fortune one i agree with that one was a little weird i don't necessarily feel like i saw a lot of the other stuff that you're talking about um yeah but it, it was crystals and stuff like that and like you know that he the i believe one of them like carried like a particular crystal around with them all the time for luck uh, or right. something like mm -hmm. that um yeah the but... the fortune thing was weird though when they're just like oh I guess you can get a negative fortune, and I was like, that's kind of a fucking bummer to end this scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, it lets you know that things are going to go badly. It's called foreshadowing, Alex. Yeah, Learn okay. about it. That's that's true. That's true. You're right. You're right. My <laughs> Don't mistake. you love foreshadowing where <laughs> they tell you what's going to happen through a mystical fortune? <laughs> <laughs> A character reading a piece of paper that says this relationship will end badly. That's foreshadowing to me, baby. <laughs> That's good foreshadowing. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, hmm. I'm trying mm. to find a way to phrase this question that's not just retreading ground. Because I do think, um, like, the, the path the game took, right? So I, I think we already know how you feel about, like, the, the, the general story and, and how it was delivered, and I, I kind of know the same thing. I guess what I'm more interested in when I'm, when I'm thinking about the path the game took is, to you, did, did it feel like it made sense the way the story was paced out? And the way, specifically, like, the last three chapters break the mold of the first three chapters? Um, or the first four chapters, I guess, right? Like, after the, the relationship stops ending... To me, it felt like the game dragged it out way longer than I expected it to, which I'm not making a judgment call on that one way or the other, but it, it did feel like it was much, much more than I expected. Like it, it felt like the game introduced itself of, oh, hey, this is the story of this relationship, and this is the story of Kenzie and Michael and their ups and downs, but by the, the second half of the game, it was like, mm, not really. No, this is the story of Michael and his experience in the relationship. But that, that felt, to me, that felt like kind of out of, out of left field in that particular way. I don't know. It, 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 did any of this resonate with you, what I'm saying? Because it's something that I'm trying to work through myself in terms of like, okay, like, is this just the, the like? Did the story just go a weird way, or did I just have completely different expectations for the story? Am I maybe just I was bringing my own sort of biases to how I expected it to go to the game, or 
I think one of those, because I definitely didn't have that, it felt like, I mean, if you look at the chapter, I feel like it's just such a, I, I think the uh, towards the beginning, they, they, you know, like we had mentioned earlier, they'd spend a really long time getting, you know, the, the getting to know each other, falling in love and doing all those extra activities phase. But like, I don't know, I feel like the natural progression of things uh, paced itself out okay for the kind of story that they were trying to tell of like, mm-hmm. you know, fall in love, break up, be sad, t- get over it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I no, feel I like mean, those I don't think the five chapters. I don't think you're wrong. I think is that what you're saying? Or yeah. Like... So I, I think probably where I'm coming from is, um, at least when I was playing the game, I kind of forgot the introduction to it after a while. Um, I like took a break from it and came back to it a number of days later. And so I think it was not clear to me when I had picked it back up and was playing through it again that I was really playing specifically from Michael's perspective. I never caught on to that because I just, I don't know. I just, I didn't even know who I was playing. The, 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 the thing is, is that the gameplay versus the story, if I were to draw a Venn diagram on it, I feel like they have fucking nothing in common. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, you know, there were sketches and, you know, you're kind of uh, living through the sketchbook and everything like that. But I don't know. Like, I solved the puzzle and I got a treat. <laughs> Like that is that is what I felt like. I'm like, okay, you are making me play through this puzzle so I can hear your well like voice acted scenes. Like mm-hmm. that is how I ended up feeling, and I just separated that gameplay and that story so heavily that I I didn't even think of who I was playing through. I just I thought I'm like I'm just playing this puzzle to get through it, and that's very close minded of me. But also that's just how I fucking felt throughout it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, it it became relatively clear to me early or not early on later on. Um, it, it's very clear early on if you remember that opening scene. I I know that because I replayed it after I beat the game to remind myself of how it started. Um, because it talks about like, you know, Michael makes references to Kenzie, and so it's very clear that perspective that the game is is coming from. But yeah, you completely lose that in the middle, and then towards the end, I think you start to get it again because he's talking about like putting his life back together and kind of ways that echo what she had you know brought to the table um but honestly it could apply to either of them it could mostly it's just perspective <laughs> mostly it's like there are a couple i think a couple instances where the you in question right when they say you did xyz seemed to me to be very clear that it was referencing kenzie as opposed to michael i i don't have specific examples yeah. of it um i i, I just thought that 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 he was reading her letter or something like that, or there's something like a journal or a diary that someone may have been reading. I don't know. It just didn't really even seem to matter all that much. I just, that's what I'm talking about. Where yeah. It just felt like it had nothing to do with each other. or It didn't really matter all that much to what was going on. Uh, you know, I, I struggle on whether or not I agree with that. Uh, because I do think metaphorically it kind of worked for me right i think it kind of worked in the way that the game presented itself right in the way that especially early on you are you know the puzzles are you getting to these memories like the like you said you're playing through the sketchbook of memories and remembering things about your relationship and i think the world state reflects your mentality at any given point specifically with respect to how the buildings are decorated the specific buildings around you the level of construction versus deconstruction as you walk through things and then obviously you know you're picking up things like a key to walk through a door where you get a sequence where they talked in the house you know and then you're in that house that they talked right so again very dollhouse very diorama as you you walk through the sorts of things um and i think there's like there's i like that sort of metaphorical slash literal which i know those are two th- things mean the fucking opposite of each other but like that's that's sort of like hey this is a representation of everything i like that a little bit i just don't think it added enough to really I mean, hit ever if you're trying to say that like like by making your way into these individual sections by you know solving these puzzles is like you know, recounting your memories, I just don't really see the maquette gameplay as having much to do with like recovering those memories. Right. Like, well, I mean, you're you're really 
I mean, okay, you you take a key and you make the key a bridge. Like it doesn't feel like I'm reconstructing anything or like no uh, so, bringing myself somewhere. It just feels very like I don't know. It doesn't feel like bringing back memories of things. So I I guess I'm not saying that the gameplay specifically is you reconstructing these things as much as I'm saying the like I I think the world that exists is a you know metaphorical reconstruction that you are moving through i think the actual hey pick up this you know whatever to open the you know pick up this red orb to open the red wall and then pick up the blue orb like obviously those those things are completely disconnected but the movement around the world and the way the world changes reflects the story in i think a relatively good way um yeah but you are right like it is visually it sets the tone you know like like you know in the wedge when things get gray that things go bad like Mm -hmm. yeah that works but i mean the puzzles don't but i also think the puzzles (laughs) a lot of things do that (laughs) you know hey like i can't i'm hard pressed to think of a lot of puzzle games where the physical puzzle mechanics reflect the story very well right like you know they are more often than not i can't think just a a tool to keep you engaged and i feel like a lot of puzzle games do that where they're like hey here's a cool puzzle mechanic and we've built this interesting story around it to keep you involved right like um um we haven't played it for the podcast but the one with the weird robot and god (laughs) what is that one yeah i know which one you're talking about talos principle right you're you're picking up and moving pillars as you get this story of like society and your connection to potential deities and stuff like that but you play that game for the puzzle I'm not walking into Maquette playing it for the puzzle. If I was, I was to this be would fair, be a much different perspective. I, I was coming into Maquette because I was interested about the puzzle mechanic. Because mm-hmm. I think the mechanical idea is really, really cool and neat. I don't think it was pulled off very well, but I think the idea was really neat. I think... That's I why I've been Personally, watching it. That's why I've had my eye on this game for a long time. <laughs> Personally, I think... We might have been, I might have been interested in it because I watched the trailer, I saw the visuals, I heard the sort of like, you know, good voice acting and like, you know, the hard the, indie the, jams. Yeah, the hard indie jams. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't predict this game would have amazing puzzle mechanics. I thought it would be kind of like cool or cute, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I think, look at this game, look at what remains of Edith Finch. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. it wasn't a strict puzzle game, but there was, like, very light puzzle mechanics that brought you around through the story. And, like, I don't know. I just don't think that these puzzles worked. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, I, I, so I wish one of the things I would have liked to have done that I had not done prior to this is played Super Liminal, because I know that people were making comparisons to that game, which probably yeah. because it's another puzzle game with some semblance of a story that I don't know enough about to, to comment on that is all about manipulating the size of different objects um, through perspective. Right. So I wonder if, like, I, I'm curious because I want to know, hey, like, is that just this style of game, right? Because you're right, most of the puzzle games that I think of I came to specifically for the puzzles and then the wrapping around it just ended up potentially being a good story. Um, but this was kind of... I would say like 50-50, right? But I I think you and I came to it with different expectations, it sounds like. Yeah. So I, I that definitely colored maybe our experiences a little bit. I don't know. It's it's just kind of a weird game. It's just kind of like a weird game that I I'm like I want to find more positive things to say because I didn't hate my time with it or anything like that. I I didn't play it and be like, "Uh, I wasted my fucking time and money." Right? I just I walked away from it going, "Ah, shit that should have been better than it was but it wasn't yeah. like it was bad right i wouldn't i'm not out here giving this game a pity one i'm out here <laughs> i would be out here giving this game like i don't know it's like a five and a half six it's like an average game it's, you know if yeah, you play it, it's fine, fine. twenty dollars mm-hmm. is maybe a little bit too steep but like you know somebody picked it up for like 10 bucks i think there's enough interesting ideas and things that are enjoyable about it that it'd probably be worth your time um i just don't think i would recommend it to people typically no, I, I, I don't know. It just, I, again, I feel the same, like you had said, it's, it's average, but I, I would describe and I very, very, very not often describe my time playing games on this podcast, but as this, but it feels so very reductive, but it was just kind of boring. Like I just, I don't know. I felt very bored a lot of the times where I would 
you know, I would be walking from place to place. And I'd be like, what's what's going on on my phone? <laughs> it's just like, it's just there wasn't a lot going on all the time. And I don't know, I didn't feel very into the world. I don't know. It was it was really tough to uh, to stay with this one. I had a hard time. Yeah, that's fair. I, again, credit where credit's due. I did not feel that way in the last two chapters. I did feel like those last two chapters, when things got weird and the puzzles completely kind of changed what they were going for, were much more interesting. Like, specifically, there's that one puzzle where you're like, there are, you know, you've got two boxes in front of you that represent physical space on the other side of this wall, and you have two pieces that you, like, plug into that box to create a workable bridge to get across the other side of this gap, and then when you get to the other side of this gap, the whole thing has been kind of turned 90 degrees down, so that you are now, like, looking down on a different angle, and you have to still be able to navigate to the other side of the gap on this other separate angle, so you're trying to, you know, find a configuration that works both horizontally and vertically to allow you to get past a certain area, and I thought that was, like, really neat and kind of challenging and allowed me to like try and, and move things around and, and work my brain in a way that I was not doing prior to this puzzle. Um, yeah. So like that was really cool. And so like moving the maquette around when you're inside of it in the last chapter and like angling it to solve a couple of puzzles like that, that was all relatively cool stuff. But, but yeah, outside of that, I think, you know, I would not go so far as to say boring because I think I had a slightly better experience with it than you did. But I, I would also, if somebody described it that particular way, I would I'd not be shocked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last chapter was definitely, I can't agree with him the second to last one, because I think there were some real fucking bad puzzles there was in that one, one. There was one fucking stinker of a puzzle, but I think the rest of them were fine. Uh, I don't know. I think the one where it's like, uh, where, um... Oh, God, I can't think. It doesn't fucking matter. If you're talking uh, about the it, one where you have to, like, walk around a lot to pick up a piece of a bridge and put it into place in, like, a different diorama somewhere else, that one I don't consider a puzzle. No, no. I don't remember what it was. It's fine. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the last chapter was the only time I felt like I was with the game, mm -hmm. where I'm, like, mechanically, I'm like, all right, I'm with you right now. This is fun. Okay. I think that's fair. But... but let me hit you with the most important question because we are dangerously close to actually pulling it in at a tight hour, and I think that's great, so mm -hmm. I want to do it. Um, but yeah. I do have to hit you with the most important question, which is, did the licensed music hit the right <laughs> vibes? Did it work for you? Because I heard the music, and I was like, ooh, we're doing some Life is Strange shit. Okay, I get what you're going for. Um, but do you think they landed it? <sighs> oh, Man, oh no! Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, this song, huh? We're this, this one, <laughs> and and it wasn't even like I'm like, this is a weird choice. It just, it just kind of like I had to like alt tab and make sure I wasn't playing some random radio on Spotify because it just kind of <laughs> felt out of left field a lot of the times where I'm like, well, but why this one? And sometimes it was nice. And I guess, okay, this is the wrong way. I'm taking this the wrong way. It was not the song choice. It's where they put it. Okay. Like, I would just be walking around, and they'd just start playing this bop, and I'm just kind of, like, looking around for a crystal, <laughs> trying to fit it into a barrier, <laughs> yes, yes, and I'm yes, not really yes, feeling yes. the vibes. So I, I don't think it was the song choice. I think it's where they put it. Anytime they put the music under them talking, or, like, right after they were done with the conversation, it hit right. But... Sometimes they would just kind of throw it in the middle there just to, for fun or like when there wasn't an emotionally punching moment, they would put it after and it was a little bit confusing. It's it, like they got, they're like, we have eight songs. Where do we put them? Yeah, I, yeah. Because uh, again, you're right. Like the, the specifically when they put it at like underneath them towards the end of a conversation and you're like, this is a nice conversation they had about how they love each other and they want their lives to go on, right? And again, I can't stress this enough. I don't think the characters were that interesting. I don't think the writing was bad, but I don't think it was great. I think it was believable. I think the voice actors did a ton to endear me to specific scenes that then didn't stick with me once I left that scene. But they would put that music on, and every single song in this game I really liked, and I would walk back, and I'd be like, ah, oh, this, is, this is a good vibe, man. Like, it's, I got good memories of people falling in love, and I'm just walking back to this maquette to do the next puzzle. 
And then it would just sort of keep playing, and I'd be like, okay, I'm trying to do a puzzle here. Okay. But then I wouldn't solve the puzzle quick enough, so the song would just stop in the middle of me trying to figure out this puzzle. And I'd be like, okay, well, now I'm frustrated, and there's no good vibes. So what the fuck was the point? Why didn't it just? Why didn't they just play it 20 seconds earlier and stop it when I got back to the maquette? What's going on? You know what's weird? This game didn't have any other music. Was there no ambient music? I think, yeah, no. you're right. You're there, you're, That's wow. so weird. I hope I'm not wrong. There, I mean, there may have been some transitional song that I forgot about, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember much else. There were huh? some pleasing sounds. There were. Things made very loud noises when you dropped them. Yeah, that was fun. That was cool. That was fun. But yeah, you're hey, right. One time I made extremely big stairs. <laughs> Like, they let me pick up stairs that were way too big, and I dropped it in the center thinking it was funny, and I made giant stairs. See, that's... I want them to let you do more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what they could have done? They could have made something that consistently changes size, like like something that grows when you press the button, so you can bring something small into the little area, press the button, and it gets big. You know what I mean? Mm, that's fun. I don't know. That's fun. I feel like they... I don't know. Maybe we just want to play subliminal. That honestly <laughs> Maybe sounds... that's just our team down feeling. Maybe I think what we've done is we've we've sort of figured it out. Is we want to play subliminal, but this game looked more like Life is Strange, so we played this one instead. This one looked like it would fit our 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 um our shit. I I do I rarely complain about this, but I am a little. I'm a little pissed I spent $20 on this one. Okay, <laughs> I okay. I, I, I barely complain about that, but I don't I don't feel like this is a $20 experience. I know, I know, I know I shouldn't say things like that. The visuals were really gorgeous, and I feel like the money definitely went in the right places. But I just, I went, damn, really? <laughs> that one? I can never be mad about a game that costs $20. Because I think no. it's, you know, hey, I'm sure they spent a lot of time and there was a lot of really good stuff in this game. It's just that a lot of it was not the parts that we want. You know what? Take. I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. I take it all back. If this that's was not, 40 bucks, I'd be, I'd be fucking with you, dude. I would, I'd be all in right, a fucking yeah, convertible with a torch, like burn this fucker down. Capitalism's broken. But I think $30, I would say it was way too much. This but would be a good right. game to have downloaded on Xbox Game Pass or for free on the PlayStation 5. Fuck that yeah. guy who's like, even for free, this wasn't right. That guy's a fucking idiot. It Free on the PlayStation 5 is the perfect price for this game. Yeah. And yeah. every game for that matter, but still. That's true. Free is the perfect price. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us on this journey through the maquette. Now let me take you and put you in the maquette, make you real small. Isn't that nice? Now you can get through the little the little bars that are, you know, the jail cell bars that are blocking everybody from getting to <laughs> iTunes where the reviews can be left. So now that you can fit through there, you can just sneak in there right <laughs> along review. Yeah, you can sneak into iTunes, leave us a review, or anywhere. If you can find any maquette that you can sneak through to leave us a review, that would be great. Um, if you also want to take the red, the blue crystal to Twitter, uh, that's twitter.com at thoughtsfromp1. Uh, or that's the handle, um, facebook.com slash thoughts from player one. And our email is thoughts from player one at gmail.com. That's where you can submit games you want mm-hmm. us to play. Mm-hmm. You can ask us questions. We'll personally respond to you. Now, Duncan, Discord. I do want to stop you real quick because we do know that they get small to go leave iTunes reviews. And we do know that they use the blue crystal <laughs> to get to Twitter. But I do know what sort, of, what sort of things do they need to do to get to the Facebook or the Gmail or our Discord? <sighs> to get to the Facebook, you need to have a relationship, okay? This relationship Damn. needs to be blossoming. <laughs> it needs to be blossoming. And then you need to fucking destroy it by having communication issues. When 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 your girl walks in, you need to slam that laptop down. <laughs> Make sure she knows you were hiding something. Why was he slamming the laptop down? Slam Hold that on. laptop down that laptop down like somebody just walked into you streaming the latest episode of Thoughts from Player One and Duncan just said <laughs> this game wasn't worth twenty dollars and you're embarrassed. <laughs> I took it back, all right? I want to make a YouTube apology for it. Okay, please do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would 
love it if our fucking YouTube channel was just 41 hours of Danganronpa, two episodes of We Must Build a Zoo, and a 25-minute YouTube apology from Duncan saying that the game is worth $20. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Um, I'm listening. I there, I'm learning. I'm learning, okay? I, I, I know I said I never say those things, and I really don't. You can go back and listen to all the episodes. I promise. It was a one-time mistake. Um, uh, what else do we have? I don't think we have anything else. Uh, I think I yeah, Discord. Everything. Oh, the, the Discord. Link, link will be in the, the show notes. Um, yeah. Our Twitch. Come hang yes. out with us on Twitch. Yeah, we'll probably be playing Danganronpa this weekend, or Final Fantasy, or whatever. We'll you'll you'll see. If you'll you see. don't like us doing silly voices, you probably won't jive with our Twitch. No, that's kind of all we do these days. <laughs> well, every now and again, we do a we do like a more mechanically involved game, and we go, no, this one's not for us. This one's not for yeah. us. Give me those weird vibes. Give me that uncomfortable shit. Uh, can you hit? Can you hit us with a, a a Monokuma promoting our podcast? Oh yeah, give me a second. It's been a hot minute since I've done a little Monokuma. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> you hold on, hold on, hold on. Finding it, <laughs> finding go. it, found it. Come check out thoughts from Player One, the greatest podcast ever. You might even see a surprise visit from me, your favorite little bear. <laughs> Um, it gets me every time. It gets me every time. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah, I think um, I think that should be everything. So yes, take us the to our season, season finale six closing finale. It's been a six? long season. Is it season six? I, I think it's season six. Warren, it couldn't have been more than four. Yeah, well, maybe it's six. We'll say know. we. Yeah, we had a long season. We did it. We pulled the one piece. Mm, okay. I don't, okay. I don't know if those have long seasons. I have no fucking clue what happens there. We found the one piece. I think. <laughs> no, no. So now we can become yet. a different anime season. Cool. For the last time, for right now, for now, the unstoppable Michael. Dang, I didn't give him a big you hit one. that one hard. <laughs> I had to. I, I had leaned to. away from my mic. <laughs> I had to. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alex and Duncan. Michael here with your plant fact of the day. Venus flytraps are probably the most well-known carnivorous plant. With its signature trap resembling a toothy maw, Venus flytraps are commonly sold in stores around the world as novelties. But did you know that over 500 species of carnivorous plants exist? Why did plants evolve to entice and consume prey in the first place? Typically, plants get all the nutrients they need from the soil. Carnivory in plants evolved as a means to survive and thrive on nutrient-poor soil, usually lacking in nitrogen, where there is less competition with other plants. Did you know that there are five different carnivory strategies in plants? Venus flytrap is one of only two of the so-called snap trap species, the other being the waterwheel plant. Pitcher plants may be the second most recognizable, with large reservoirs that coax insects in with the promise of nectar. Other types include the flypaper trap, where sticky mucus causes insects to adhere to a surface where it is slowly digested or the fascinating bladder trap in aquatic species, where a pressure gradient is generated in a small chamber, which, when triggered, causes a small organism to be quickly sucked into the chamber where it is trapped and digested. The last kind is the lobster pot trap, where insects crawl in through tight passages and are prevented from exiting backwards because of stiff, inwardly facing hairs. That's your plant fact of the day. Thanks for listening. Tune in to the next episode of Thoughts from Player One for more video game discussions and plant facts.